0: Hello.
1: Hey, Dave. What's going hey. on, buddy? Hi, Kenny. Can you hear me?
0: <laughs> I sure can.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was in the middle of doing some recording here. Hey, what's going on, buddy?
0: That's 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 all right. You know, just another day. <laughs> N-
1: another day and another dollar after IRS.
0: Another day and another dollar spent.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. So, how's your day been?
0: It's it's been pretty good. I got a lot done. I got a lot done. Uh, you know. I'm well, I, I actually got over to my guitar tech guy and got my uh, guitar set up again. So that that was that was my most fun thing to do today. And then taking the car in to get the you know uh, you know inspected and you know running around and doing you know that kind of crap. You know.
1: What about yeah. getting everything packed but, up for ready and ready to go out of town?
0: I, I, yeah, I'm getting my I'm getting the duck my ducks in a row. Yeah.
1: So, well, as much as you've done it in your lifetime, it probably doesn't take you very long to get your ducks in a row, does it? When it comes to packing.
0: Well, you know it, it. You know it depends, though, because you know, I have a family and a house and a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's not that stuff like you know packing for for a trip or something or you know getting ready or something, you know just saying and you know and all that stuff. That it's it's all the other stuff that I gotta do. <laughs> you know what I mean? That life that, life, that part of life. You know that, that that's that's more. You know, and and it's it's funny. You know, my wife comes home and says, I. You,
1: what did you do today? <laughs>
0: like as if it was I didn't do anything, but in fact I was shot out of a cannon the minute I woke up this morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it always like that? You feel like you feel like you've been it, running all day. You're is. working hard, and they and they come home. They look at your progress, and they're like, oh, What did you like, do today? It doesn't look like you accomplished anything <laughs> today, does it? Uh, it's crazy. Um, That's
0: kind of how it feels, man. <laughs>
1: so how how long have you and your wife been married?
0: Oh, let's see, 2006, 2011. Uh, 12 years
1: so yeah, coming up here i almost got you in trouble there if you gave me the wrong day 12 years no no
0: no i i know yeah i just i i know that i know that I, I know it was it was it was the july 2nd 2006 I know, I know that i just had to calculate the number of years here you know
1: how, many, second. how many kiddos do you guys have
0: We got just the one kiddo you know i came to i came to having the, the little kinders there a little late in life you know um and I was pretty scared, too, and I found out that I was going to be a father. But it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah,
1: like I said, it kind of keeps you young, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, no, it's like, you know, I, I and I remember, too, you know, everybody likes babies, right? Babies are great, but I couldn't wait till he could talk. And, man, did he start talking? <laughs> <laughs> about, he was about, uh, I think, 13 you know, months old, and the sentences were coming out already. <laughs> it's crazy, man.
1: Does so, does, does your family it's, travel it's, with you a bunch?
0: Sometimes, yeah. I mean, they have. You know, uh, they they come to. You know, they come to a bunch of shows. You know, it just it depends on what it is. You know, and where. And uh, you know, my wife she's got her she's got a job too. My son's got school, so. It it does depend, but you know they've been they've been to a bunch of shows that I've done. They've been to a lot of Survivor shows.
1: So how, how does your wife deal with you being gone on the road? <laughs> well,
0: you know what they miss about me? Who's doing the laundry, man? <laughs> How's that garbage getting out? Where? How come there's dishes in the sink?
1: <laughs> now now are you a cook? Since you, you I guess I'm not uh, no, say.
0: no. I, I I can I can make basic stuff. Yeah, I I can and I'm I, you know what? I'm a pretty good grill guy. I, like a typical, you know, male thing. I, I I'm I'm pretty good on the grill. Yeah, you know, I I got that figured out pretty well. So if she said, if she says here, cook this, I will cook it and it will not be burned up and turned into a hockey pux.
1: You know, so well, you not that going. Well me and my wife, we share cooking duties. And just so just so you know, but, you, you you uh you saved me from cooking tonight.
0: <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear that, Ken.
1: <laughs> well, I, we we was gonna. I made some chicken last night. I, we got this really cool thing that we bought a few years ago. It's a charbroil big and easy. It's one of those oilless fryers, and, and man, we yeah, we, yeah. we cook a lot of stuff in it. We had a couple of chickens we put in there last night, and so I had the great idea. My, one of my specialties is chicken and dumplings, and so I was gonna make the chicken and it's dumplings not... with the leftover chicken tonight. And yeah. What's not to like? And she said she's she said I'll tackle it, so uh, she's she's taking care of that tonight. All
0: right, for, uh, let her take up the slack tonight. Let the let the let the wife
1: take it up tonight. I'm a, awesome. I'll tell you what kind of woman I'm married to. I, the other day I told you I, I talked to you the other day and I told you I was sick over the weekend, and uh, I pretty, yeah, pretty much spent Saturday just sleeping the day away. So I get up, it's probably about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm looking for my wife and I can't find her. I'm you know I'm hollering for her and I walk outside she's out in the front yard washing both of our vehicles. And I thought well, well
0: that is that is exceptional kind of a woman you've got there. <laughs> That's a good woman, man. So uh, holy crap.
1: Yeah. And and I got a I got a big yeah. truck so it's not like I you know it's not like a little bitty you know Volkswagen this is like a monster truck you know that she's having to and she's about all of 5 foot tall. So You Big she, ass pickup truck. There, she, she has to. Uh, you know, she has. To, she had to work a little bit to do it, but that's just the kind of woman I got. I'm a very lucky, man. So uh, that's true. Because I, I love my wife, but man, she's
0: never gonna wash my car.
1: <laughs> so, so tell us about your <laughs> never. Tell, tell us about your early days in music, and I, I, I was listening to some of your stuff from James, uh, Jamestown Massacre. Oh yeah, man. I was just a little kid
0: then, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. I, I, I this is a cliche I know but but it's absolutely true. I was 11 years old and uh, you know I, the Beatles were starting to come on the radio and and so they were coming on. I knew they were coming to Ed Sullivan, you know. And so we had a this, this rec room downstairs, like a split level house in Naperville, Illinois, you know, off the suburb of Chicago. And me and my dad, because we used to watch Ed Sullivan all the time, you know. But my dad was not prepared for you know the Beatles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking at that like, what the hell is and I was like struck by lightning. You know, I was like, oh my god, how could? i never seen anything cooler than the Beatles, and you know, the, the sound, the exotics music. You know, I mean, I, I know it. It sounds the early stuff seems seems um, you know, it's kind of simple love songs and stuff. But it was still so revolutionary the sound of it and that they played their own instruments and they you know they wrote their own songs and all that stuff. I, I was just smitten by it. And that was it. You know, that's that's all I wanted to do. And my dad was real reluctant because you know his brother Hank, my uncle Hank, was a was a he'd been a jazz musician. So my dad was like, "Don't you can't go into music business." That's no, no. <laughs> but they but they relented eventually and they bought me a sure microphone. You know, uh, because I they, I just you know I I they knew it was it was in it was inevitable. And and then you know a little later on you know with the Jamestown massacre you know it was a uh, it was like a first really organized band I was in, you know, there was like the manager, we had equipment, we had guys moving the stuff and, you know, all, all that. I mean, had that record, you know, long story about that, but, uh, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was lucky because the Mark Sable, the bass player's dad, worked for J. Walter Thompson. He heard me sing, and he, he hooked me up with a jingle producer. So that's how I got into doing commercials, you know, in, uh, in Chicago. Uh, and you know i was like 19 years old and i was doing you know jingles and uh then all of a sudden that was there's checks coming in the mail because you know they actually pay you for that stuff right it's organized and it's real and they you know you 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 sing and they have residuals and it comes and my dad's like wait a minute <laughs> hold it this is this might be okay
1: so you know they started to support me and all that so uh how did how did you Come about um, getting into Survivor? Well, that's the, the that jingles brought me to that
0: too because uh, um, uh, Jim Peterick, who had you know, Ides of March and you know that he had a couple of hits, I guess, with the band with that band, and then they, they broke up. And he was he was singing jingles in Chicago too. So I was singing commercials with him, and uh, you know he he had a he, then he had a solo he had a solo you know thing going on. The Town Hustlers, which was it was the the, the band that he used was the, the top session guys, you know, in Chicago, the guys, you know, like Gary Gary Smith and Dennis Johnson were actually for, for uh, Survivor. You know, when I go and do a jingle, we you know they play those the jingle stuff, and it was real pretty pretty pedestrian stuff. And in between, those guys would just start jamming, and it was like crazy, you know. What I mean, <laughs> you know, it was like nuts stuff, and I'm like, wow. You know, it was a real eye opener as far as musicianship goes. So, so that was the core of the band. You know, G- uh, Gary Smith and Dennis Johnson and and, and Jim Peterick, And then he uh, he uh, he he knew a fr- he knew about Frankie Sullivan, and he he re- recruited him in. And then he, he asked me, he said, "Would you like to join his band?" You know, and I said, "Well, yeah. I, I mean, I always look. I was always ready to take on a new challenge. You know, and look for you know a new." Uh, you know, challenge and uh, step up and play with you know better guys and better people. You know, you always learn from playing with people that are better than you are. And so that's that's how that started. And all we started, you know, uh, all original music. That was you know it was great, and I thought that was amazing. And we, uh, you know, formed Survivor and made a demo and put it out and waited around for six months and nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. Didn't hear a word. So. You know, at first.
1: So is it is it kind of frustrating as as a as a band you know, you're playing music and you think you're you know you think you're good you, you I mean you you're playing the kind of music you like to hear pretty much I mean you're putting your influence into your music um, is it disappointing or disheartening that other people just don't get what you're trying to do?
0: Well, you know, sure it is. I mean, you know, you of course you want people to to accept it and and, and it's it, it's always hard. You know, you can be really good and there's a lot of elements that have to fall into place. You know. Um, for for that to to happen and you, you got to get a little lucky too be in the right place at the right time with the music that you know is sort of the, the music that people want to hear at the time and and you know so we we were fortunate that way and um you know it, it, and really good players and a you know and the songwriting you know was was uh, was was real good and so finally we did get a you know we, we got you know the offers started coming in we you know, we ended up signing with Scotty Brothers, you know, which at that time was distributed by Atlantic and that brought John John Clodner into our lives. You know, so it was a he's he's quite a unique character. You know, he's he was behind, you know, E and our guy for for Atlantic and and then Epic later, but um, you know, you know, uh you know, Aerosmith and uh and Foreigner and you know, bands he was he was uh, you know, responsible to a, a certain degree to Bringing those guys, you know, into into the labels and stuff. So,
1: so what was it? What? How how did the how did the meeting come about? To where you were approached by the Rocky soundtrack people, or who was it? How that how did that come up? How that come about with the song?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stories about that. I, I and I, I, I didn't get the phone call, so but I do know this. I know that Tony Scotty was friends with Sylvester Stallone and uh that by that we'd had two we we'd recorded two albums on scotty brothers by that time and neither one of them, m- neither one of them were commercial success you know I now mean, i thought there were there was some good good stuff on that the, the, the especially pre- premonition was a i think we were really starting to you know get into our stride with that record um and that's what he played for him he played he played the premonition on our second record for for uh for Sylvester Stallone, he said, I like these guys, you know, can you, you have them write me a song, you know, for the opening thing. I will send him some some film, and he he did. So those guys, uh, you know, clothed themselves away for for, for a couple of days and came up with uh, Eye of the Tiger. And, <laughs> and we went into the studio to demo it in Chicago at CRC, you know, Chicago Recording Company. And uh, I'd never heard any of it before. You know, they, they'd been working on it, and they came into the studio. Everybody came in. None of the guys from the band had heard the song. We just, you know, put that together in the studio that night and made, made the demo. And that's what we sent off to, you know, to Sylvester Stallone and the in the, in the Ch- Chardoff and Winkler. I think were the producers of the, at that movie. And and uh, but as he liked it right away. You know, he liked it right away. And um, wow, you know, <laughs> talk about great promotion. You know, for, a, for your record, how exciting <laughs> the, was the opening scene? The opening scene of Rocky three. <laughs> how exciting was that
1: to be at the movies and hear your your song being played? Uh, that had to be a thrill.
0: Yeah, I went to the theater and watched the movie, and people gave a standing O for the beginning of the movie. Nice. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, "Wow, man, this is gonna, this has got to be good." So,
1: and you know, it'd be, it'd
0: be yeah.
1: Did it did it change much for you guys afterwards?
0: Yeah, yeah. We we you know we we went. You no, know, we'd played. We'd done some touring and stuff. You know, we we played some college the college circuit and we'd done some stuff like that and the agoras. You know, playing some uh, some of the bigger clubs and stuff. And uh, when we were doing on premonition, but when I had the tiger, when that happened, then we went out on you know the big arena, arena tour. You know, that's what we did. You know, well, you know, it, we were, we were ready to do that though. You know, I mean, we we'd all been been in A long time by that by that point, you know, I was like 27 years old, 28 years old, and so it was great. You know, it's like all right, you know, now were you guys, go.
1: Were y'all opening act or were y'all a uh, headlining? Yeah, you? we
0: were. Yeah, we we were an opening act. Yeah, that, that's what always happens. To you, I mean, you got to you know you, you got to hit record right. But you were you know we, we were opening for Aereo Speedwagon and, and and Triumph and uh, 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 Kansas. So we got a bunch of gigs with Kansas, you know, um, established acts, you know. But but you know they, they were they were happy to have us on the tour because we brought in a lot of you know a lot of people to the show. So we, we they always they'd, they'd sell out because we were there.
1: So what was the music scene like back then? Traveling around and the fans and it was it was uh, it was drug infested. <laughs> <It> was. <laughs>
0: Like crazy, you know. I mean, you know, it was it was nuts. It was, you know, a uh, so. uh, very exciting, you know, you know. But but you know, it, then then of course, you know, uh, in in the midst of that tour, I, I got I, I, I it turned out that I had a polyp on my vocal cord, so I had to go get surgery right in the middle of that whole thing, which which kind of kind of dampened my enthusiasm for a while. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: So. Okay, so I got to ask you this: What was what was the uh, uh, you, you were really um, known for wearing the beret? So how that how did that come oh, yeah. into existence?
0: I don't know. I just saw that beret someplace and and uh, started wearing it, and uh, then I couldn't not wear it. <laughs> that became, After that, it kind of became,
1: it became like a your signature trademark. thing with me.
0: Yeah, it did. It did, and I still have it, by the way. Do you really? I do. Do you still I wear do. it from time to time? I I plan to someday. Some some show I'm gonna I'm gonna wear the beret, just to you know freak everybody out. But I'm I'm saving that for for something special.
1: So so how has music changed for you, in in, in you know the the past few decades as to where you started and and where you are now? Yeah,
0: I I don't know. I mean, I I uh, you know you you you. you influenced by other artists you know and and uh i got i got really influenced as far as vocalists and stuff go i got i got really influenced by you know when when uh nirvana and pearl jam and, and Soundgarden and those bands came out i i uh i, uh, I really i really liked you know like the i liked you know uh, chris Cornell and uh, eddie better and uh, re- the, you know not not the kind of singers that you know what i was known for was that you know tenor tenor thing you know that sort of high pure tenor but i but i also have that edge in my voice and i and the the the, the band didn't like that too much when i when that would evidence itself when i was singing but I, but i i kind of liked it and so you know m- the new music i have to you can hear that for sure and uh you know I, i'm always i'm always influenced by you know people ask me ask you what kind of music do i like and i just say i like i like good music you know
1: so you said the Beatles were influenced. Was it influenced when you were growing up? What other uh, oh, artists influenced yeah. you?
0: Well, uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know, and The Who, and uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, I mean, they're, they're, the thing about that that era, like the, 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 the late 60s and 70s, um, in the 60s and 70s, was that you you certainly knew who you were listening to, you know. Uh, when you when you heard their music, it was so distinctive. Each each band was very distinctive. Um, uh, sometimes now it's a, it can be a little hard to tell sometimes
1: because uh, they get po- polished up so much. Well, you know, I noticed when you watch The Voice or you watch American Idol, a lot of those singers seem to sound the same. There's not a lot of distinction in yeah, the voice. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. And I, I I I wonder why that is. You know, I I, I guess it's you know because I consciously want to sound like, you want want to sound like that thing. But uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of miss that diversity, you know, uh, where you can really, really tell. And, you know, when you, when you think of a great singer, you know, you know, Steve Perry, right. I mean, the guy's just towering, you know, vocalist. And, um, but also I love Neil Young, you know, and he doesn't have a traditional voice that you would say, Oh, he's a, he's, you know, it's operatic or anything, you know, it's, but it's great. Everything he sings, you know, you, you listen to, it's
1: very unique. It's, it's
0: riveting, you know? Well,
1: that's like, that's like Stevie Nicks. When you hear Stevie Nicks singing, yeah. you, you know, it's Stevie Nicks, you know, it's just a very Absol- distinct voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's something about the music of our time. I was talking to my wife about that the other day. I missed, you know, we were just sitting there listening to the radio on the way to somewhere the other day. And I was telling her, you know, I really miss the music of our time. It's just not music, and not to say there's not some good artists out there nowadays, because there's a few good artists out there that are really good. Oh sure. And, and every once in a while, you'll happen across one of them. But it's our music of our time, and maybe I'm just biased, but '70s and '80s, '60s, '70s and '80s. That's that's the time frame I grew up in, and that's to me, that's always yeah. one of the best music. Yeah,
0: and I. And I and I, I I always people ask me I always say I always say this though too you know you you they they were they were really searching for something you know uh, uh, unique and different and and they they created that you know that rock and roll music out of nothing you know I mean it came out of I mean it, it came out of of course it came out of you know the blues and and then what came before it but you know like a band like Led Zeppelin if remember the first I remember the first time I heard that record with headphones on I was like. <laughs> You know what the hell is this? Yeah. You know it was just so crazy. You know with all the, you know, you know, uh, you know, slap back echoes going back and forth, and uh, you know just amazing. You know, and it was so heavy, and you know it was, it was just so different from
1: anything else. You know, it was really creative. Well, that's uh, to think of the band, the band that we were listening to, was ELO, and you know up until that point, well, yeah. there's. I Jeff didn't Lynn, think it, yeah. there's, there's not a band that has ever existed like ELO that had all the components like they did with Jeff Lynn and the voice he had. And I mean, just, it was just yeah. a great sound for the time. And I thought
0: Absolutely. That, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, totally yeah. agree. And then of course he went on to do the, the traveling oh, and yeah. yeah. you know, great
1: Orbison, George Harrison and, and all that. Yeah. George,
0: George Harrison. I mean, goodness
1: <laughs> gracious, man, the guy, the guy was, he, he's a talent. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to, to listen to some of those songs and you know those songs always take you back to when you were younger of course I grew up listening to a lot of R&B too because I was big into the Commodores and Stylistics and all that kind of stuff so uh, very diverse yeah sure very diverse so uh, so tell us about the new album you know you're talking about some of that darker side of your voice there was a track on there and I, it's not The Skies Falling there's another track on there that's kind of got that dark edge to it and I can't think of the, the title of it right now but I thought that was a really a really neat song Um like I said, the title escapes me. But it's kind of, it's one yeah, of Yeah, you know, I,
0: well, there's, uh, I don't know, there's, there's Fear of the Dark and, uh, I
1: think it was Fear of the Dark. Fear of the Dark's kind of. Yeah, a, it's Fear
0: of the Dark. That, that, that's like my wife's favorite song on the record, you know, which I, I found it kind of astonishing because I, I always thought that was, you know, that, that, that sounds like an album cut to me. But it, but it was a lot of fun creating it. And, uh, you know, I we, we didn't feel bound to make it try to be a pop song or anything like that. So uh, I yeah I, I like that one a lot too. I really yeah, do. It's kind of got an edge to it. I really I like that. I effect. like all the elements. I like the elements
1: in it. Yeah. No, the, I thought the whole album was really tight, and I was telling you uh, a couple of songs I really liked, and one of the songs, "Always You," um, well, I kind of wanted to know the story behind that song because it sounded like it was either some kind of a religious overtone, or maybe your mom or someone was whispering in your ear. I didn't. I didn't. Well, know.
0: you know what? You know what it is. It's 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 yeah. You're 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 very warm. It. It's really about your your my yours or my con- or anyone's conscience. That that's what it always you is 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 about you know the battle you have with your conscience about you know if you might have not done if you've done something that you you know you know is questionable you know in your life and uh, you know to to uh, you know wrestle with it you know that that's that's really what it what it what it's about that's what the song's about
1: you know some, like I said some of those lyrics really stick to you. And I think the reason that one does so much is because I had a mom that was in my ear pretty much my whole life, and until, you know, until well,
0: yeah, your mom is your conscience, man. Yeah, that's for
1: sure. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Little five foot Napoleon, man. She, she was, oh yeah. She was, she was a toughie. And then, and then the the song Hope. You was telling me about this song that um, that you were more than likely going to lead off with. It's a really good. It's a really good song as well. And what's the story behind that song?
0: Yeah, the um, hope was actually that was my 9/11 song. I mean, that one's been it was it was uh, hanging about for for quite a while, you know, that song. But it was after 9/11. But I th- I think it's kind of a now now in retrospect to me, like it, 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 it's like a kind of a universal, you know, uh, uh, desire for for hope in your life, and and that I think we we all need need that. You need to have hope, you know. You, you really do, you, you know, because otherwise it's it's despair, it's the, you know is the you know the other side of that coin so um, that's what it was about you know and 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 about you know that hope and love can override evil you know in, in people's hearts
1: well in, I think in, in it hope that keeps us getting up every day giving us something to look forward yeah. to. you know hope
0: for sure man and, yeah. that, and that isn't that it man, getting up every day and have something to hope for yeah. something
1: to you know do do to accomplish
0: to you know to do something yeah.
1: Yeah, and That's I was telling, right. and I was telling you that uh, that I think my favorite song that I heard on this album, is, and it's because, like I said, I'm a sucker for a good ballad, because you just don't hear those <laughs> ballads like that every day. You know, we grew up in a time where the music philosophy was throw a ballad out there, throw a hard rock song, a ballad, hard rock, and uh, you know, yeah, I heard some good ones, you know, growing up, you know, and uh, but the Angel Heart was a really, really good song, I thought.
0: Yeah, thanks. I, I I I really love that song. I really do. And uh, yeah, there, there's a, there is this depth. There's a story behind that song. That um, it, the it's uh, the the song I wrote that song about my my son, and it was it was it was it was, it was my wife actually who had wrote down, you know, she kind of it was kind of more poetry than you know song lyrics, you know, some stuff about you know angel heart, and I and I caught I saw it, I caught my eye and I picked it up and you know was talking about my son Luke and what what had happened uh, is. He was like seven years old, and uh, you know he, he got up and in the in the middle of the night, and, and I w- I'd fallen asleep on the couch. So he comes, down to his dad. I'm I, I'm, I'm hungry, so I I put on cartoons, which was you know uh, of, what was it of Nick Nickelodeon, you know Nick at night or whatever. <laughs> and I, what I didn't know was that at midnight it switched over to Adult Swim, which is like this really. Crazy, you know, zombie brain-eating cartoons that you know were not appropriate for a seven-year-old, and and it freaked him out for like a long time. He couldn't turn the light. He after seeing that, there was a, you know, I didn't. I went out of the room. I came back, and he was he was petrified, and he couldn't. He was having. He had trouble sleeping and turning off the lights for like a like a year after that. So, you know, a little angel, hard asleep in the light and all that stuff. That, that, that's that's all about
1: him. Wow, that's crazy, man. It's amazing how that stuff just sticks in your brain and and, and gives you you know just inspiration. You never know where inspiration is going to come from. That's what's really cool.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I mean I and and I always but I I I try to be open to that you know, and you can you never know where it's going to come from, right? You never know. You know something in life you know that will and and I I, I do try to write songs about things like that that means means something to me. You know, you know not, you know just something nonsensical I, I i really try to write lyrics that are have, have meaning for me and i think if they if they have meaning for you as a songwriter i think that they it comes across to people and evokes emotions you know right. and feelings in people yeah. which is what what your job is right
1: yes sir i believe that too i believe you can you can impart more feelings with something that you've written that comes from your heart than somebody else's music that you're singing just,
0: uh, absolutely yeah, you I, know
1: i do believe that all right, Dave. I got to ask you a question that I'm going to ask each and every artist every week, and it's not, it's not <laughs> a hard question, and it's the title of our show. If not for music, and the question is, if not for music, what is it that you would be doing right now, or what is it that uh, you would have been doing instead of music?
0: I I I, I would I would like probably think that's something to do with, with with like science or something because uh, that's that's another sort of love of mine. And a and a hobby and a, and I I sort of caught on to that when I was in grade school with my fourth grade teacher she turned me on to you know how cool science can be so so that, that you know I read a lot of books like like that for you know that's my recreation so I, I would I would probably like to think that that's what I would be doing if I wasn't a musician.
1: That's pretty cool. Because I, I know you wasn't going to say cooking, because we've done discovered you're not a big cook. You're not going <laughs> to no, be a not I can be make chef.
0: A, hey, I can do a, a crockpot, man.
1: <laughs> hey, hey. hey. Well, I'll tell you what. i tell you what, Dave. Next time you're in Fort Worth, you've got to promise me you'll look me up so I can take you for some of our barbecue here in Fort Worth.
0: Oh, I promise you I will. <laughs> I promise you I will look you up if I'm anywhere near you, man.
1: Uh, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to play a couple of your songs, Dave. We're going to play the the song "Hope" off of your new album, and we're going to play "Angel Heart." Is that okay? Sure. Hey, man, I do appreciate your time, Dave. And I, I know you're fixing to head out of town, heading to Dubai to do a concert out there. Man, best right. of, best of luck, safe travels, brother, and we'll catch up with you soon.
0: Thanks, Kenny. You are a true gentleman. Thank you appreciate for joining, man. Thank you for joining us. Thanks.